Holy Spirit, the Comforter, and he said, it's better that I go, for if I do not go, the Comforter will not come. And so what a blessing and an honor it is to be able to think about something such as that, that the Holy Spirit rescuing us and comforting us and keeping us and blessing us. It's good to see each of you here this evening, and we praise God for your attendance. Let's go to God, please, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great gift of love. For you are the magnificent God. You are the Lord of lords and King of kings and a righteous God. Hallowed be your great and amazing name. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to worship you. Please help us in our worship. We might praise your holy and divine name and remember Jesus, your great son, who died on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. Thank you that Jesus gave his life for us. Thank you for your amazing plan and your amazing wisdom. Please accept our worship. Please help us as only you can. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and give thee thanks. Be thy will. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Ears to hear. Ears to hear. What a blessing it is and how amazing it is to be able to have ears to hear. And when God speaks of having ears to hear, um, he's talking about with an understanding, right? To have ears to hear with the understanding. To listen to Jesus is one thing, but to have ears to hear, to understand the message that God has for us. What an amazing blessing that is. And so, uh, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 14, it says, And in their case, the prophecy... Uh, of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you can let it know, we're good. Tracy, we're good. That's not in the scripture, sorry. (laughs) She goes up to be rescued sometimes. She goes, that's not on the script. I know, it's not there, Tracy. (laughs) If you ever see her jump up and run, you know why now. (laughs) What's he doing? (laughs) Ears to hear. God bless her, though. She's doing a wonderful job. All right. You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. And you will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. So imagine the gift that we have received from God tonight. That we can pick the Bible up and read it and have a measure of understanding. Imagine for just a moment those who pick the Bible up and read it and don't understand. And you know there was a time when I remember when I picked the Bible up and not understand what I was reading. He says, And you will keep on seeing, but not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear. And so imagine the number of people that pick the Bible up and read it. And I've been there. And they begin to read it, but not really listen to it. And not only do they begin to read it and not really listen to it, they barely hear what God is saying. Like God is speaking and there's this faint voice off at a distance and I, I really just can't, I'm not getting it. I'm not, because I've closed my heart completely and left just a little bit open. And I wonder, how can I close my heart completely and leave a little bit open? Well, I always know where to go back to. But I'm not ready for it yet. 
And so with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return. And then imagine the members of the body of Christ. They've heard it, they know it, but they've walked away from it. And there's not enough in them to cause them to return to God. And then he talks about the blessing in verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Who would have ever put so much value in the Word of God that there's a blessing inside of this book? There's a blessing inside of the Word of God. To be able to understand God's Word, to hear it, and to be able to apply it is an amazing gift from our God. It's amazing. For I truly say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. They wanted more of God's Word. And here's a question. Have you ever read God's Word? Turn to Acts chapter 8 for a moment. And, and, and here you are, 20 years in your walk of faith, 10 years in your walk of faith, and you read the passage over and over again, but you never saw it? Ever? You're like, wait, I didn't even see that. I, I didn't even know that. That I know the I knew the verse existed. I read the verse time and time again, but I just didn't get it. Blessed are those who have ears to hear. Isn't that a gift? Thank you, God. You get to see God, just if you will, in His Word, jump out off of the pages into your heart, and it's like, wow! Thank you, God. There's a blessing in the book. Acts eight and verse twenty nine. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. And when Philip had run up, he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So imagine reading. You're reading and you're reading and you're going, What in the world is this? Have you ever been in a Bible study with people and they're reading the Bible and you sit down with them and they say, You know, I try to read the Bible, but I have, I don't understand a word of what it's saying. I just, I don't even get it. I mean, I'm reading it and I don't know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's saying. I have no clue. What an amazing gift to be able to understand the Word of God. And then to understand the value of the Word of God and the words on the pages in which we read. He said, verse 31, Well, how could I, how could I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. It was led to a slaughter. As a lamb before its shear is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth. Salvation. Salvation. So here's what God tells us. Revelation, please, chapter 2. 
salvation is inside of this book. My salvation and your salvation alike. How often are we reading the book of salvation? And then of that which we're reading, are we growing? Have we read that passage before and we've gotten it? Or have we seen that passage for the first time in our faith, although we read it a thousand times over? There's a blessing in the book. In verse 7 of Revelation 2, he concludes as he talks to the church at Ephesus, he talks to the church of Smyrna and Pergamon, Thyatira, and, and he concludes with the same refrain, but a different blessing. And he says in verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what God, the Holy Spirit, what the Spirit says to you. Because we are the church, right? To the churches. To him who overcomes. All right. Listen to this church. If you stay faithful to God. And you remain true. All the way to the end. And you overcome. This situation we're in now. The life that you're in now. Your struggles that you're in now. If you will just trust in God and walk with God and by the grace of God, you overcome Jesus' promises. I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. How many Christians get that one? You know how you can always tell? Our faith. You can see it, right? You can see it. Oh, I can see it. Have I gotten it? Because what's the opposite? The opposite is if I close my ears and I'm not there to overcome and I, and I give up on God, look at what I'm giving up. Wow. Would you give up the paradise of God? And if so, what would it be for? Right. He talks to the church. He says in verse 17, verse 11 rather, excuse me. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to you, to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Salvation? So I'm reading God's Word and God's revealing to me more and more every day. The more that I dig into this pearl of great price, the more that I dig into the Word of God, I'm receiving from God not only the gift if I overcome a paradise, but I'm also receiving from God as I overcome the gift of never being hurt by the second death. Wow. That's a double emphasis on the paradise of God. It's going to heaven as opposed to going to hell. How many times? How many times have you read it and you just overlooked it? What would I give up to never be hurt by the second death? 
I'm listening to you, God. But do I have ears to hear? When that temptation comes and I'm about to go astray, I'm listening to you, God. But do I understand? Verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to you, to the church. Notice he's writing to, in each time, the one congregation, but he doesn't limit the message to the one congregation. In verse 11, verse uh, verse 7 rather, verse 11, verse 17, and the rest of these passages, he says to the churches, the message is for all. Okay? He says, to him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows, but he who receives it. A name recorded in heaven in God's book. Isn't that great? But do I have ears to hear tonight? Am I, am I going to go home and when I read the book and I, and I pray first, right? Pray, God, please give me an understanding and tell me what you want me to know about what? Me, right? Lord, give me your message. Give me your word. Help me to learn and to know more about you and what I need to change in my life and how I can become a better Christian, a better child of God. Help me, God. Give me ears to hear. Help me to understand. Help me to see. Verse 29. As these congregations struggle together through their trials and tribulations, as they were being persecuted, as they were being tempted, as they were, as they were just struggling. God had a message for every one of them. And He just kept saying, I want you just to hold on. Stay true, right? Listen to God. Trust God. Believe God. Believe in God. Read, read, read. Listen, listen, and understand what God is saying. Do I really understand? There's an afterlife. This is not it. I mean, I'm reading it, but do I understand it? Do I realize I really don't have to store up my treasures on the earth? Do I realize that this life, it matters, but nothing matters like the life to come? Do I really understand that there truly is a place prepared for us? When God spoke to Joshua, he said to Joshua, he said, Joshua, Moses is dead. Now you go carry the work on. <laughs> but then you read later in Matthew 17, and God could have just said, Joshua, Moses is with me. But he wouldn't have understood that. He would say, what do you mean? Where, where, what? Are you all over there on this mountain? Are you on that? What do you mean? Where, where are you all? Moses is with me. The dead in Christ live. We are alive. We transfer from this world to the next. He who has an ear to hear, verse 29, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches because God has a blessing in it. Right? A blessing is in it. Do you believe that tonight? Chapter 3, verse 6, the church of Sardis who had gone astray 
had a name, they were alive, but they were really dead. And yet, he says to them as well, he who has an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, are you listening, church? When he say to all the congregations that were going astray, come back to me. And you know, coming back to God doesn't mean necessarily that a person has fallen completely away from the Lord. But have you drifted just a little bit? Get back to that spot and move forward in Christ, right? There's nothing more important than our soul's salvation. He who has an ear to hear, are you, are you listening? Are you listening? Tonight, I, I hope that we are listening to the message of Jesus. Right? And when you go home and you think about things and tomorrow you start your day, I pray you start your day with Jesus. I pray that, that as you uh, evaluate your life, that you keep your life in Jesus. That nothing matters more to you than Jesus. That friendship, not, not money, not the world, but nothing matters more to you than Jesus. Am I listening to the message that God has for me to hear? How many times does he have to say it? Right? Beginning in Revelation, he says it seven times, which is a complete number. Seven times. Listen to me. Listen. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 in verse 12 he says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar of the temple of my God. And he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God. Chapter 2, verse 27. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of potter are broken to pieces as I also have received authority from my Father. He says, you're going you're gonna to rule too. Stick with me and, and, and don't give up. In verse 20. Oh, what a sad verse. Chapter 3, verse 20. What a sad verse. What a sad verse. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. And you wonder, wow, is that, the, is that the horror of lukewarmness? Yeah. Kick Jesus out. Jesus, we got this. We don't need you right now. I pray our lives are never to the point where we feel like we've got it and we don't need God any longer. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says. If anyone... Hears my voice and opens the door. I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. There's this open invitation. It is a choice that we have to make. Am I willing to listen to Jesus having ears to hear with the understanding? Right. It may take time. It may take time. I may, I may have to dig in the scriptures a, a lot more. How much are you digging? Right? Maybe the, the, when you leave today, we're going to have shovels at the back door, the front door. I don't want to take a shovel home with you, right? And dig in the book, right? Dig in the book. Look at our lives. Turn to uh, Hebrews, please. Chapter, chapter 2. 
Look at our lives. Our lives should exemplify the treasures that we've gained from digging in the Word of God. So then our our minds are held together and pure because of Jesus. So Hebrews chapter 2. Before we object to the message of God, we ought to just think about it, right? We ought to think about it. You know, when someone says, you know, uh, Brother Cloud, there's some things that you need to work on. And folks have said that to me too, by the way. Some things you ought to work on, Brother Cloud. I said, tell me what they are. <laughs> give me your list, but give me your scriptures too, right? Because I need to hear from Jesus, right? Give me some more Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give it to, see, I know that I can't make it without Jesus, so give me some of Jesus. What am I missing? What am I missing? I I need to know because I'm looking on the inside out. You're looking on the outside in. You can tell me things about me that I just don't see right now because I'm kind of stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my, in my faith. I'm stuck in my walk. I'm, I'm stuck in my, my, uh, if you will, my habits. And, and I, and I don't, I don't see the need to change them and I, I don't see them as wrong and I don't see them as, as troubling and I, tell me what I need to know. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all Christians had that kind of attitude? You tell me what Jesus says and I'll be Johnny on the spot ready to change. No. First thing I hear you when someone says, well, brother. Huh. Okay. But make sure it's what Jesus said, though, right? <laughs> I really don't care too much. Sorry, but about everyone's opinions. Because everyone has an opinion, so I just can't please everybody. Sorry. Ne- neither can you, right? That's where stress mounts up when you're trying to please everybody. You can't do that. But tell me about Jesus, and you got me, right? And I may not, I may not be able to fix it right away. But, but I pray God, I'll ask you to pray for me and I can fix it. Give me time to work on it, Lord. Your soul. When you hear God's word, the first response is, let me think about it first. Let me look at the scripture. Let me dig into the scripture to see what God wants me to see. To hear what God wants me to hear. So listen to Hebrews chapter 2 for just a moment. For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. Why? Why can't I just come to, you know, church, right, worship, Bible study, come to the building, right? Why can't I just come to the building, hear the message, and then just go home? No, no, no. (laughs) That's not the way this works. Come to the building or in the midst of brethren, rather, house meeting, whatever it is. Anytime we're opening the book up or sitting in my own home. Why can't I just read it and then close it and say, okay, I checked the uh, you know clock. I'm done for the day. I've read my Bible. No, you got to think about it. Meditate, right? When you leave this building, there should be something that you take away every time you come to this building or, or come to someone's home for a Bible study. Not because of the preacher. But because of the number of scriptures we're reading, and I know one of those scriptures, God is trying to talk to you. Right? He's talking to me. He talks to us, right? In his word. So God says, look, it's not just paying attention. I need you to pay a much closer attention. That's corrective, isn't it? 
a much closer. I've heard this a thousand times. Well, a thousand and one won't kill you. Right? I've heard a thousand. I wonder how many sermons Jerry's heard. Right? How do you, <laughs> Jerry's heard a lot of sermons. <laughs> but you know what? I bet he still learns. Maybe. I want to talk to Jerry about that later. Hey, Jerry, you know, you heard 800 sermons in your life per week. <laughs> Jerry's been around for a long time. But Jerry still learns, right? He still learns. Keep reading. Let God open your heart. Let God help you to see. Pay much closer attention to the message so that you don't drift away from it. Because every time we hear it, Satan is trying to take away. Remember Matthew 13, that Satan takes away what's sown into the heart, right? He's trying to take away what God has given to us. But he says in verse 2, For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. I want you to think about this for a moment. The word of God that was spoken through angels proved already, it's proven that the word of God is unalterable. So when someone says to you, well, you know, I just heard this last week. Well, you know, the Bible's been changed. You know, God's word's been changed. I'm like, well, just, my, my answer always is, or my question is, oh, oh thank you for that. Where, where at? And then they go, well, you, you know. No, actually, I don't. Can you give me a verse? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, no, you, what are you saying? And you said it was, it's been changed. We all know it's been changed. You, you uttered that. Give me a verse. And I'll give you the Hebrew and the Greek. Give me a verse. Well, you know, because like, for example, and then just last week, he gave me an example. He goes, you know, for example. I go, oh, what's your example? <laughs> we helped him to see. Because God's word never, it's never alterable. <laughs> it hasn't been altered. It's always true. You can trust it. The world tries to tell us just to get away from this message. You can't trust the word of God. Look. God says, pay a much closer attention because this word is unalterable and in this word there's a blessing and in this word there's a curse. Right? Again, verse 2, please. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was first spoken through the Lord? It was confirmed to us by those who heard God also bearing witness with them both by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. How shall we escape? No one's going to escape, right? So we have to pay much closer attention, right? We really... We really have to think about the words on the pages. And, and, and as you think about them, meditate on them, right? Try to get a deeper understanding of God's Word every day. Every day, try to gain a deeper understanding of God's Word. Put it into your heart. Receive it. Open your heart. Open your mind to God's truth. Allow Him in. Allow Him to penetrate your heart, your mind, your soul. Unless you drift away from it. Right? Chapter 4, please. Hebrews. In verse 2. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us. 
just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Okay. So now let's think about that for a moment. So the good news is spoken to all of us. You've got to unite the good news with faith. Right? If you don't, then, then, then there's no profit. There's no profit for us. So the good news is this, brethren, that, that Jesus came to save the world. And you have a chance to be saved if you will surrender your life to him. That's the good news, right? If you will stay obedient to him, he'll take care of the rest. You just stay obedient, serve God, become a child of God first, be obedient, and walk the walk of faith, and he will take care of the rest. Do you believe that? That's the faith you have to have, right? Not, not perfectly, right? Now, you're striving for perfection, but you and I know what? What do we know? We're not going to be perfect. We're not perfect. We've never been perfect except as a little newborn baby, right? The only thing that makes us perfect is what? The blood of Jesus Christ, right? Who continually washes our sins away. So we've received the message, good news, preached to us the same message that the Apostle Paul was preaching and Jesus was teaching and Mark and Matthew and Andrew and the Apostles and we receive that message just as they. But the problem is when they preach the message to deaf ears it didn't profit them anything. When someone says to you you know what brother it's going to be alright I know you're struggling right now but look give it to Jesus it's going to be alright. If they don't have faith and they can't unite that good word with faith, they might fall away. Right? So our responsibility, as we hear the word of God, as we hear the message spoken, is to unite what God says by faith. The evidence and the conviction of, of things hoped for. Right? The evidence is right in front of your face. God exists and God cannot lie. And every day, every morning you wake up and you see the beautiful sun. And every night when you see the moon, remember, only God could have put that there. Unite that by faith. And every time you see the stars across the sky, remember that every one of those has a name. God named them. And whenever the day rises and here it is another day, we know that Jesus is still on the throne. Because the Bible tells us that. We have all these things in front of us in Psalm 19 that are right there in front of us that are speaking to us every day to remind us of the greatness of God. Every day, unite what you know to be true by faith and just keep on listening to Jesus. Tonight, the question is, do you have ears to hear? And I pray something in all the verses we read. Just peaks your mind to think about something that you've heard in the past, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, some kind of reminder to remind you of the greatness of God, things that you know to be true, and every day bank on that, and use that as your foundation. Start somewhere, start right there, right? Start right there, and unite it in your faith. Tonight, having ears to hear, what a blessing it is. 
to be able to open the pages of the Bible, not understand all, but to understand what we do understand. Please unite that by faith. Tonight, if you are not a child of God, we invite you to become one, to surrender to Christ in the waters of salvation. Tonight, if you are struggling in your faith, and we can help you in any way, if there's anything we can do, please make, make it known to us while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.